No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. Welcome everybody, Michael Hellickson here with Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting. And uh, super excited today, Brian Curtis and I, as you guys know, of course, uh, Coach Brian uh, is one of the coaches here at Club Wealth. And uh, today we are talking with James Shelby. Now, James is an agent in the Temecula Hemet area of California. And uh, which is near uh, coaches David and Sandy Stites. You guys all know coaches David and Sandy, uh, who uh, this last year, uh, actually, I should say this year, should finish out right around about three and a half million in gross commission income. In fact, there she is. Sandy Stites is watching us right now. What's up, Sandy Stites? Uh, I see we've got Angie Cody, Amy Izzo, and a bunch of other folks watching. It's good to see you guys. Uh, so that said, uh, James is uh, in that uh, Temecula Hemet area, and uh, last year in 2017 did 375,000 on about 54 units. Uh, of that, about 40% was referral, 15% was expired, uh, 25% was circle prospecting, and about 20% was online leads. And so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a look at James's business. James is not a big team like a lot of our clients uh, our big teams. James is actually not a club wealth coaching client yet. What we want to do is we want to bring somebody in from the outside a little bit. Take a look at what people are doing out there and uh, really dig deep and understand, you know, what does it take to go from there to three and a half million at GCI? How do we 10x James's production? And those of you that aren't quite at James's level yet, how do you get to that level? So James, welcome to Club Wealth TV. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're stoked to have you. And uh, what I'd like to start off with is uh, if you could just maybe walk us through really quick a little bit about your business, what you're doing, what's working, what's not working, and then Brian and I are going to start hitting you some questions, and we're going to see where sure. this takes over the next uh, 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I've been a solo agent for last five years for the most part. Just brought on a buyer's agent a couple months ago. Uh, it's been probably four or five months now. And, uh, you know, doing all the daily activities, prospecting, um, going on listing appointments and, uh, coaching, coaching my buyer's agent. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of answer any questions that you guys have about the day to day, you know, grind, so to speak. Okay. All right. So, and that's, and it's interesting you mentioned it as a grind, cause it's so far based on what you're telling me in terms of what your business looks like. It sounds like a grind. And so what I want to find out about is what does your day look like, right? So you got one buyer's agent. Uh, you did 54 units last year for 340000 in GCI. What does that day look like? So how many hours a week are you working? What time do you start your day? What do you do? How many hours sure. do you prospect? All that. Give us your daily schedule. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, it, it, if I actually stuck to the schedule that I should be, uh, <laughs> I'd have a lot, a lot better production. So I think... I think the main problem that most agents have, including myself, is just sticking to to a uh, schedule, right? Because this business is a is it's a gift and a curse that we make so much money per transaction. It's a you know it's a gift because it's great to make a lot of money, but it's a curse because 
it's easy to get complacent. But to answer your question, uh, I get to the office at 7.55. You know, I I usually do some sort of a role play, scripts, things like that for either expired listings, for sell-by-owner listings, whatever we're calling that day. And then uh, I prospect probably two two hours, two to three hours, um, you know, and then usually get ready for appointments for the end of the day. And if I don't have appointments, we'll usually prospect, uh, you know, a little later in the afternoon as well. Okay. So you're doing about two hours of prospecting. Who are you calling for that prospecting? Uh, it depends. You know, it expireds is hasn't, there's not a lot of expireds recently. So we're not, we're not hitting those as hard as we were a couple of years ago. Um, calling for sell by owners, calling, uh, sphere you know center of influence past clients and uh, a big one in the past i'd say year or so has been circle prospecting you know calling neighborhoods around you had recently sold a property or just listed a property um that's been a, a really big portion of what we've been calling lately or what i've been calling okay so that's about 25 percent of your business right the the circle prospecting Last year, yeah, it was, yeah. Okay, all right, so, and it's just been you. All of last year was just you, and this year you hired uh, the, the buyer's agent. Yeah, yep. right? Okay, Correct. all right, go ahead, Brian. I can see your, 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 your I, I, I here's, here's, here's a great question for you, James. Here, here's what I see that I love, by the way, um, some positive stuff. So first of all, thank you for being willing to participate in this, uh, My pleasure. this, this probe of your business. I'm not sure I'd volunteer for the same thing. So congrats. <laughs> to be honest, it, it wasn't that way. <laughs> okay. It, you know, we, we adapt on the fly. My shirt says life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So, um, sure. welcome to, um, lo- welcome to life. So here's one of the things that I love that I heard from you and tell me where this came from and how you, how you got there and what you did. So ultimately what I heard is we don't have as many expires. We may not even have that many FISBOs that are willing to work with us. So instead of saying, well, my business is here, I guess this year it'll go down. You went to something that, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, it's cold calling. So tell me what fears were about circle prospecting. Tell me how you overcame those fears and tell me how your perspective or belief behind calling calling circle prospecting is different today than the very first day you made those dials. Um, you know, there's always a, some trepidation or a little bit of fear, like you mentioned, when you're calling uh, expired, or I'm sorry, just a complete cold call. But uh, to be honest, uh, it's easier to call a, a cold, you know, neighborhood, a circle prospecting is easier, an easier call to make, in my opinion, than an expired, because an expired is getting 20, 30, 50 people calling them, they're already pissed off. You call someone at their house, you're probably the only person calling them, trying to solicit them that day, you know? So it's really an easier call to make. It's, it's obviously there's a much lower uh, probability that they're going to be selling or need to sell. But, um, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of fear because I'd already been in sales before. So me personally, there wasn't a ton of fear, but, you know, if you're new in the business and no one's going to call you, right? No one's going to knock on your door to say, come to my house. It doesn't happen. So you, you've got to somehow, some way, uh, make it happen. So I, I knew that, uh, I got to do something. And when the, when the market sort of, the market's been on an, an upward trajectory until just recently, right? The last 
six, seven years, it's, it's been upward. So, you know, like you said, expired, they're, they're not as many of them for sale by owners don't need our help because they're selling. But what a lot of the general public doesn't realize is, is how much prices have gone up because most people aren't paying attention to the market. Like we are, they're going about their day. They might hear something or read something in the news. So when you call and say, Hey, I just sold your neighbor's home for 500,000, you know, 10,000 above list price in two days, that, that can sometimes trigger something in someone's brain where, Hey, you know what? We've been thinking about moving to Texas. Maybe this is the time or, or, wow, I didn't realize my home was worth that much. You know, tell me more type of thing. So, Circle prospecting is, was really big last year in the beginning of this year. And, and um, you know, the market's shifting, obviously, so it, that might change. But, um, yeah, I hope, I hope that answered your question. It does. Let me ask a couple more because that's uh, – so if you were to say that uh, – <laughs> that <laughs> Michael's t- t- throwing me off. Okay. So, Sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm doing, and I haven't. And by the way, for all those people out there, we haven't prepped James, and I'm I'm doing this off the top of my head too. So, but what is your? If you talk to a hundred people on Circle Prospecting, and obviously you don't talk to a hundred people a day, that would be that'd be awesome. But realistically, you might make a hundred calls, but you're probably not going to talk to a hundred people. How many of those people are either rude, mean to you, or hang up on you on Circle Prospecting? To be honest, it's it's a small, small amount. I mean, I think if someone's afraid to make a phone call, you get a much higher percentage of people that will say something along the lines of, hey, you know what? I'm not thinking of selling, you know, and, and I always follow up with who do you know that is, or, you know, something along those lines. And they'll actually think about it. They'll take a second and, and think about it and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know anyone or, or, you know, but I appreciate your call and I wish you the best of luck. I hope you find someone. So I'd say a, a larger percent of the people either are nice or are kind of neither here nor there. They're just on and off the phone. Neutral. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very small percentage that get mad. And here's the reason I asked that question. I want people to understand, I believe that a big fear that people have is true rejection. So saying I'm not interested in selling my house right now because I love my house, to me, doesn't feel like rejection. It feels like that telling me to go to wherever the not a nice place, that's rejection. So for every agent out there who is afraid they're going to get rejection, what I'm hearing James say is that maybe one out of a hundred people rejects him. Is that, is that an accurate statement? Yeah, that that's, that's more than fair. You're going to get some rude people that maybe they're rude and more dismissive, but uh, flat out just, objectified, you know, pissed off that you're calling is very, very few. Okay, cool. And I'm just trying to change mindset around that because there are so many people, if I told them you can make $500,000 this year, all you have to do is call through this phone book and every single day get up and do this for three hours, most people wouldn't be willing to do it. So first of all, congratulations for being willing to do the things that most people aren't willing to do. You know, statistically speaking, only 6% of our of real estate agents actually lead generate or prospect on a daily basis. So congratulations for that. So I'm going to ask you one more question along this line, because I think this is also something else. And I don't know what your answer is going to be. So hopefully it'll be the right one. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> what is your objective when you dial the phone to talk to a circle prospect person and here, you know, my, for me, I have multiple objectives, but what's your objective? I mean, what, what are you trying to do when you call somebody who didn't raise their hand in any way, shape or form? Um, 
first and foremost, I mean, obviously the, the goal is always to find someone that needs, needs our help. Now, yeah, it's, I would agree wholeheartedly that circle prospecting is, is a much lower percentage that you're going to make that happen. There's no, no arguing there. Um, but the, the objective is always to find someone, either the person you're calling or uh, someone that they know, you know, that needs to either buy or sell real estate. You know, uh, I just made a call the other day and the guy, he said, you know, I'm not selling my home, but my dad and my brother both need to sell their homes. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I have no point giving you their numbers. And so we've got two leads there that we've got to follow on. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the objective, right, is, is to find someone that potentially needs someone, you know, needs to make a move. Okay. And I'm going to argue, since you've been in sales before, that you also may have another objective you're not aware of. And uh, Well, adding to the database is another one. There's an adding to the database. Here's my first objective every single time I make a phone call. And again, just from our short conversation, I'm going to guess that you probably have this objective as well. It's to build rapport and build a relationship. And, yeah, and, absolutely. and again, I didn't prime you for that question. It was a little bit unfair, but just <laughs> no, because no, no. I know the fact that you're, you're it, the fact that people are actually giving you their dad's brother's phone number means that you built rapport. Cause I don't give de- I don't give my parents phone number to somebody. <laughs> who I don't know. So, you know, it, for me and circle prospecting is almost more important than any other way to, that you're going to do this. It sounds like you're building rapport. And, and yeah. here's the thing. The script's easy, right? I can teach everybody the script in the next 30 seconds. And if you can't remember, it plays back over and over and over again. This, the script is simple. Is the script what's getting you the success is my question. Um, I mean, that could be a small part of it, but you're hundred percent right with building the rapport and, and having a personality and being able to carry a conversation in, in the day and age where no one wants to talk to each other. Uh, if you can be that one person that can actually go back and forth, you know, you got to remember most of the population that's going to be buying or selling real estate, you know, they're, they're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, 70 years old. A lot of them aren't you know texting or maybe they're texting but they still like to have a conversation you know so um especially a lot of the areas i call i I do a lot of senior um more recently done more senior homes and those people talk to you all day so you sometimes it's a bad thing but uh building rapport you're 100 right is is huge okay awesome Michael. Oh, yeah. So what really what I wanted to hit on a couple of things. First of all, I want to go back to your day and I want to understand it. And I'm going to look, I'm just going to call it out. So, you know, James coaches with Mike Ferry, right? <laughs> and so what I want to understand, and, and here's the thing, I coached with Mike, you know, 40 years ago, back when he, he was a young spry, 300 years old. Um, and it was great. I mean, I learned a lot from him. I, you know, he taught me to overcome the fear of making phone calls and all that good stuff. And that was awesome. And I needed that at the time. Uh, and it was certainly helpful to me. The question that I have, though, uh, because I'm looking at your, your, you know, I'm hearing your daily schedule and I'm looking at your sources of business, right? So you did 54 units on 40% referrals, 15% expired, 25% circle, and 20% online. Two of those things are things Mike doesn't teach, right? So you're talking about, you know, really what he teaches is expired and circle prospecting. He does not talk about and doesn't really endorse or promote doing business by referral or doing business online, which make up 60% of your business. So 
what I, what that, what's very interesting to me about that is you're going outside that particular coaching system, um, which I'm proud of you for doing that. I, that I, I'm impressed that you've done that. Um, but what I really want to hear about is I want to hear, first of all, about your day. So what I'm hearing so far is, you know, I get up, I'm at my office at, you know, 7.55 every morning, and I prospect for two or three hours. And what do you do the rest of your day? Like, what, what is, and how many hours a day are you working, and what does the rest of that day look like? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So, you know, after, you know, so, so get to the office about eight role play. So the role play is going to take up half hour, 45 minutes. We're on the phones at nine from nine to probably 11, 1130 uh, is the prospecting from I'd say 11:45 to you know 12:45. I'm usually grabbing lunch and then I, I'm getting back and I'm prepping for a listing appointment. Um, and then I, you know, I'm driving out, I'm going to that listing appointment if I don't have an appointment, like I said, I'll usually circle back around and and, and start prospecting in, in, in the afternoons or, you know, I'll do a little bit of admin work. But I would 100% agree w- with where you're probably going is that there's definitely a lot of, of, of downtime that could be uh, used for either prospecting or, you know, possibly some other sort of dollar productive activity. Well, and don't get me wrong. And look, we can all do more dollar productive activities, right? Like, we, you know, wouldn't it be all sit there and prospect eight hours a day, right? I mean, with that, but the reality is that's not reality, right? That's not not sustainable. Ninety percent of the real estate agents out there aren't going to do that. In fact, the very best ISAs in the world only prospect for four hours a day. Some of them will hit as much as five. But nobody does eight hours a day consistently every day all day long, unless you're well. It's just, nobody does that, right? They can say they do it all day long, but they really don't do that. And by the way, who freaking wants to, right? That sucks, man. Who wants to do business like that? I don't. I mean, I did that for a couple of years, and it sucked. I, you know, it's funny because Mike was my first coach, and I moved, and after Mike, I coached with Brian Buffini. And I loved them both. They both taught me different things. But what transitioned for me as I transitioned from Mike to Brian uh, I learned that, uh, and by the way, Sandy says, uh, shout out to your beautiful wife, Felicia, uh, you know, but, you know, and, and Christian's like a legend in his own mind, Christian. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, I'm not talking about James. James is great, but uh, you're talking about somebody else, I think, but here's the deal. The reality is I don't want to prospect eight hours a day. Most people don't want to prospect eight hours a day. And that is not a system that works anymore. I'm not saying that you can't make money prospecting. You can. But guess what? If you want to go from $340,000 up, we've lost lost this video again. James, can you hear us there? Okay, there he goes. So James is having some internet connectivity problems. Yeah, I had a phone call. Sorry. Okay, that's right. phone call was coming in. Okay, so anyway, so here's the deal, though. If I want to go from $340,000 a year to $3.5 a year in gross commission income, a couple of things got to happen. One, I got to stop thinking that I got to prospect all day long every day. That, that results in burnout, right? What that looks like five to ten years, even two years from now, is just complete freaking burnout, right? It's no fun. It's not where, you know, it's not, it's not going to bring you long-term happiness. Uh, and by the way, James, your uh, microphone is muted out. I'm going to unmute here, see if I can make it unmute. Not unmuting on my end. Oh, there you go. Now you're back. Are you there, James? Yeah, I had a someone's trying to call me. I'm yeah, on my phone. It's Kristen trying to harsh the groove here. I'm just giving you probably. I know so, that guy. Dude, I'm just telling you, if he'd step up to a Malibu, he'd understand world class. I'm just kidding, Kristen. You know I love you, brother. So that said, 
at the end of the day, to build a business that's balanced and to build a business that has long-term chances of survival, you got to get outside that system that you've been getting coached uh, with with Mike Frey here the last couple of years, which is prospect, prospect, prospect. And it sounds like you're doing that. 60% of your business is coming from things that aren't that, right? 40% is coming from referrals. 20% is coming from online. Uh, and so here's what I want to know. Your referral-based business, how are you getting it? And let me, actually, before we do this, I want you to, I want to back up. This call feels to me exactly like a call I had with Christy Lundy two years ago. Christy Lundy had, oh, she was doing the same thing. She'd been a Mike Ferry client. She was pounding the phones. She was beating her head up against the wall in terms of she was, you know, she, in order to make more money, she had to find more hours in the day or she had to prospect for more hours. And it just sucked. She was burning out. And we looked at it, and most of her business was coming from things that weren't that, right? Most of her business was coming from places that she actually wasn't spending the most time, specifically her referral-based business. Uh, and so what I'm wondering is, what are you doing to get to that 40% of your business that comes from your sphere of influence for your referral clients? That's a great question. You know, I mean, when I say referral, you know, that could be referral from database and past clients, which obviously we're reaching out to on a regular basis. But um I'd say to to answer that, you know, another aspect, and yeah, I am my Ferry coach, but to say that my business is run 100% off of my Ferry system, obviously wouldn't wouldn't be accurate. Um, right. It's I would say it's a foundation, but it's not the whole business. Uh, Facebook uh, has been a huge part of staying in touch with with the database, you know, friends, family. And, you know, when you let people know what you do on a regular basis, not, not in the sense of beating them over the head with it. I think agents do that a lot on Facebook uh, or, or begging for business. Uh, I see that a lot. But, you know, when people see that you're successful in what you do and, and you can constantly remind them, I, I, I like to refer to it like hitting them over the head, but with a Nerf bat, you know, so you're, you're constantly making sure that they know what you're doing on a daily basis and that you have a successful real estate business that transfers over or, or translates rather to a lot of referrals, you know, through Facebook. And I've even utilized Instagram uh, more recently as a big tool to help build, you know, gain more referrals through, you know, social media. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'm glad to hear you say it because you're right. That's all very outside of what he's teaching. Um, so, and I don't want to make this about Mike Ferry. That's not the point here. But the the point is that you have had to find a way to create a balanced business, and you cannot just do that one thing. I share that because that's what we teach our coaching clients. Right? We teach our coaching clients that you need to have a balanced business. You can't just be all prospecting all the time because there's markets. You know, like to Brian's point, like right now, there's no expireds out there right now. Right? Why are there no expireds out there? Because freaking everything's selling. Look, dude, if you throw a sign in the ground, heck, you don't even need a sign in the ground. You put it in the freaking MLS, maybe put a lockbox on it, you're going to find a buyer, right? It's not hard right now to sell a house. That being said, what is hard is getting, I shouldn't even say it's hard, it's not hard, but what you need to do is you need to find multiple ways, multiple streams of leads to bring in that business, which thankfully you have done. Um, you know, Now, the next thing that you're going to need to do is you're going to need to figure out how do I scale my business? How do I leverage myself? Because right now, if you continue on the path that you're on, what it looks like is 20 years from now, you got a job. And I'm going to give you an example of this. Um, essentially, if you guys take a piece of paper 
Oops, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys right now. I'm gonna just do something kind of crazy here. I've never done this before, I don't think, on one of these. But I want you guys to get everybody grab a piece of paper, draw that on there. Just draw a plus on there right there, a big old plus right in the middle of the paper. In the upper left-hand corner, put an E just like that. Lower left-hand corner, put an S, then a B, then an I, right? Take a look at this. So I'm gonna go E. I'm going to put a, uh, an S in the lower left-hand corner, B up here, and an I down here. And here's what this is. I'm drawing the cat. Brian knows exactly what this is. This is the cash flow quadrant, right? So in the upper left-hand corner, the E, that stands for employee. In the lower left-hand corner, that stands for self-employed, which is where 99% of the real estate agents out there are. This is what most systems teach you to be. They teach you to be self-employed, right? And, uh, then you've got up here, you've got B for business owner. Uh, and then you've got down here, you've got I for investor. Now, what's interesting about this, and this is, by the way, written, uh, if you've ever read the book Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, have you ever read that, James? Uh, I haven't read the book, but I'm familiar with, with what you're showing me here. I've seen this a couple different times. Yeah, so I would recommend read the book, and I would show everybody watching right now, I would highly recommend you guys get the book, Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Freaking read it. It's a great book. Now, that being said, everything on this left-hand side, you're trading time for dollars. James, that's what you're doing right now, right? You're trading time for dollars. We've all been there. That's how I started. That's how Brian started. We've all been there. Um, and it's hard, right? Because you get up in the morning and you got to reinvent the wheel. You got to bring in new business every single day. Um, and at some point, you want to get over to where you can either be in the B or the I or both, right? Because over here, you're trading ideas for dollars instead of time for dollars. Now, even if I'm on a team, let's say I'm a buyer's agent on somebody's team, I can be in the I quadrant without ever having to have gone into the B quadrant, right? I can, and what this means, being in the I quadrant essentially means that my passive investments exceed, my, my income from my passive investments exceeds my monthly expenses every month. And so now I don't have to work, right? I'm out of the rat race, as they say. To be in the B quadrant, to run an actual business, Brian, or excuse me, uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's definition of it is, I have to be able to leave my business for 12 months, which is excessive, I think, but he says you got to be able to leave your business for 12 months uh, and not touch a phone, not touch your email, nothing, and be able to come back and have more money in the bank and more business than when you left. And if you can do that, then you're in the B quadrant, right? The, the reality is that's not the reality for most people. But I would say even two months, I would say at the very least, give it two months. If I were to take a two-month visit you know, to Europe and I was going to go trekking in, the, in Europe with no phone, no internet, no nothing, would I come back to more business or less business? And this is the goal that most of you on this call, you need to be figuring this out. How am I going to get either into the B quadrant or the I quadrant or both? Um, and so, again, if I'm on a team, my goal is I'm going to make as much money as I can over here being self-employed because when I'm on a team, I'm really self-employed. Um, so I'm going to make as much money as I can over here. I'm going to take it over here to the I quadrant and I'm going to invest in some real estate. I'm going to do it wisely. I'm not going to bank on appreciation. I'm going to make solid investments so I know I'm not upside down. So if markets shift, what they do, right, markets do shift. But when they do, I want to be prepared so that um, if there's a downturn and rents take a hit or prices take a hit, it doesn't impact me, right? So that's why we want to put lots of money down, have good cash flow, um, and have solid equity in these things so I'm not losing properties down the road. That said, um, now I can be in that I quadrant. So really what I'm asking right now, uh, James, is what are some things that you're doing right now to make that transition to, you know, from which you're no longer an employee, right? Now you're right now you're down here in the S quadrant, right? You're self-employed. 
So are you now, what's your goal? Are you going to move to the B quadrant and become a business owner where you, you know, leverage it, you build a bigger team and all that kind of stuff? Or are you moving into the I quadrant where you're going to be building some investments or are you doing both or neither? Uh, I'd say a little bit of both. Obviously, you know, goals always, I would like to buy more real estate, more real estate investments. But to answer your question about, you know, trans kind of transitioning to the, um, you know, business owner part of it, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be focusing more of our marketing dollars on, you know, internet leads, Facebook leads, things that can be coming in passively, uh, or coming in, you know, trading dollars for leads sort of thing. And then giving those leads to my buyer's agent, you know, and that's something that can be constantly going, doesn't really need me to, to babysit it, so to speak. Um, now, you know, there's always coaching that comes into play when you have agents under you. So, you know, you've got to make sure that they know what they're doing. They know what to say. They know how to close the deal. But there's definitely, you know, we're, we're making strides to move towards the business, you know, owner signs. But, you know, it's not something that just happens overnight. In my opinion, I mean, you know, you might have a different opinion about that. But it, it, you don't just snap your fingers and have a business. It takes time to grow it. Yeah, you're right about that. It definitely takes time. And it takes a lot of different lead sources, right? We always tell people, look, if you want to make a solid six-figure net income, we're not talking gross, I'm not net income, you want to make a solid six-figure net income in this business, you need to have about 10 solid lead sources unless you want to be prospecting four to six hours a day or whatever. Um, so that being said, talk to us, go back to your, your repeat referral business. What specific things are you doing to get that business coming through the door? Uh, well, we hold, you know, I, I do client appreciation events, you know, that's something we do for client retention. Um, you know, and again, like I had mentioned earlier, we're reaching out to our past clients on a regular basis, um, to make sure that we're staying top of mind. Um, you know, we do things, different things to do marketing. I, I do what I like to call like a digital billboard on Facebook where I'm targeting all, all my friends and people that are friends with them, you know, basically a big sphere of people, a sphere of, you know, 10,000 or so local people that are constantly seeing an ad that I run that I, that I like to call, you know, digital billboard. You know, you can, you can buy a billboard that people drive by every day, or, or you can be on their, you know, phone where they're sitting, they're on their phone, you know, 24 seven, and they're coming across your face on Facebook every day. It's, it's another way to stay top of mind. And again, that's that's not something that falls under the Mike Ferry system, so to speak. But um, you know, when when we make good money, uh, we've got to reinvest some of that into marketing, or else you know you're either going to give it back to Uncle Sam, or you're going to blow it on something stupid, or both. Dude, I agree, hundred percent. Go ahead, Brian. What were you going to say? So um, you know, let's let's just uh, we've got a good fifteen minutes left. So I'm going to ask you two questions. So first of all, um, this is a, a question, and again, I hate to set you up. When's the first time you check your email on any given day? Uh, first time I check my email, I usually check my email first thing in the morning. That's more out of habit, though, not necessity. I mean, uh, I'm not really sending any emails in the morning. I'll see what comes in. A lot of it, I'm just cc'd on, so I just kind of make sure that you know, stuff's being done correctly. Um, but, uh, as far as sending emails and stuff like that, I, I don't, 
I do a lot of that, to be honest. Uh, a lot of it gets handled for me when it comes to business emails. You know, I have other personal stuff or whatever. But uh, yeah, not not a ton of emails. So your assistant, you you have an assistant who's handling most of that. Is that correct? Uh, she's a glorified TC. You know, she does she does pretty much all that stuff for me. Okay, how long have you had her? Since day one. Since day one. So you got in the business. First thing you did was hired an assistant. Uh, well, I got some good advice early, you know, never touch the paperwork yourself type of advice. So, um, since day one, I, I had a transaction coordinator, which is not a full-time assistant, but, um, I've always had TCs that would pretty much do everything, write the contract, uh, you know, just any piece of paperwork, they did it. I just tell them what to do. And that's smart. That's absolutely smart. Brian, I didn't get yeah. off your train of thought there. Keep going. Yeah, no, congratulations. So first of all, congratulations. Most people wait way too long. I personally waited until I was doing over 80 transactions a year personally before I hired a, an assistant, which is insane, by the way. But I don't, I used to wear that as a badge of honor. I kind of wear it as a badge <laughs> of stupidity now. So, yeah. But you know, that's, a, stuff, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great point. I, I would agree with that. You know, a lot of agents uh, are, are, are proud to say, oh, I work 24 seven. And I used to be like that too, when I first got into the business. And you know, it is, there is something to be said. You should be proud that you're a hard worker. I think that's a good thing, but you're right. At some point you're going to just burn out and, and it's no longer a badge of courage. You just look like an idiot. If, if you're doing everything. Yeah, you're right about that. Absolutely. So here's the reason, here's the reason I asked you about your email because I, and I think everyone out there um, who's listening to this, this today can probably get this. I want to say 99% of the people in real estate, I can't speak for other industries. I don't know exactly what they do, but the majority of people roll out of bed and look at two things and that's Facebook and, and their email. And, you know, you said earlier that there's all this stuff that happens in real estate that can potentially throw you off. Is that, is that accurate that you said that earlier? So uh, yeah, for me, absolutely. yep. And I can tell you, if anyone who's listening out there, this is for you as well, James, the absolute easiest way to not get thrown off is don't provide yourself the information. So, you know, um, I was telling somebody, I'm a big bang theory guy. It's Schrodinger's cat. So is the cat dead? Is the cat not dead? I don't know. Is there a crisis in my email? Is there not a crisis in my email? I don't know. You know why I don't know? Because I didn't look. And at the end of the day, if it, why didn't I look? Because there's nothing, there's no crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael, Michael's my coach. The very first thing on a very first coaching call that we ever had together. And if I didn't learn anything else from him, that in and of itself would have changed my mindset and changed my business. It was, there is no fires in real estate. And if you ask 99% of the agents, is there fires in real estate? They would, they would just go into a litany of all the fires that happen every day over and over and over and over again. The reality is they're not fires. They are problems and they need to be dealt with. We can't ignore them, but here's the thing. And I, I can't speak to you. Everyone has a slightly different mindset, but for me, if I get up in the morning and I look at my email and there's a crisis in there, something I define as a crisis, I appreciate that, you know, I can still go and lead generate, but it's a heck of a lot easier if I don't have that information until I'm done lead generating because Absolutely. I don't like to have stuff unfinished. Why? Because I'm a human being. I'm not unique in that. Most of us don't want to. So um, I challenge everybody that I work with, don't check your email until you're done prospecting. At the end of the day, if there's a real crisis, I promise you an agent will call you, will text you, will blow your phone up if there's a real, pro if there's a real problem.
So absolutely, that's a great that that that's a great piece of advice. You're right because even if you you check that email and and it's not something you choose to address right away, it's still going to be in the back of your mind. And it's going to distract you. Dude, I, t- I got so extreme with this, and, and this. some of you may think, oh my gosh, Michael's a terrible human being. Some of you, well, some of you are going to think that anyway, which is all right. It doesn't matter. But here's the deal. What I did was I actually told my wife when I'd go on listing appointments, you know, I was listing 50 to 75 houses a month. I was doing it working just 12 days a month. That's not counting REO, which was made up another the other half of my business. Um, now, how was I doing that? I was going on six to eight appointments a day. And I didn't have distractions, right? So I turned off all the notifications on my phone. On my, you know, for te- it didn't matter if it was text, email, whatever. All those notifications are turned off. And when I'm in my car, I do one thing in between appointments. I I, I make phone calls on the way to the next appointment. And if my next appointment doesn't show up, I still, I, you know, I make more follow-up calls. Um, and I told my wife back in the day. I told Tara. I said, Hey, look, if the kids, if one of the kids breaks their arm don't freaking call me. I'm not a doctor. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to reset their arm? I mean, I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. They're amazing. They're wonderful human beings, but I don't need to be there for them to get a freaking cast put on their arm. Mom can take them to do that. They don't need me for that. I need to be focused when I'm at work on bringing in the dollars. Now, a lot of people watching this are saying, well, well, Michael, you know, you've got a plaque on your wall over here that says no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. And isn't that failure in the home? And the answer is no. That's not failure in the home. That would be failure at work, which is also not okay, right? I got to be successful at home and at work. So like, it's like, that's like saying, okay, when I'm at home, when I get that phone call from somebody that says, oh my gosh, I want to list my million dollar house. Do I walk away from my family and go do that appointment? Heck no. Not unless it's on my calendar that that's the time I do that. But if I'm at home and I'm in family time, you know, if I'm at a birthday party or even if I'm just sitting around watching TV with my wife and kids, because that's what we're doing during that period of time. Well, guess what? I'm not going to uproot that and go do something for one of my clients. Uh, And so I got, I think the the one thing that I did that helped me be the most successful is I got hyper-focused on whatever that one thing I was doing in the moment. I was very present in the moment. Uh, and I think too often people say, oh, but my kids had this and my kids got the sniffles. And so I had to go home and be with them at home. Look, if your kid is over the age of eight and they don't and they've got the sniffle, believe me, they don't need. And first of all, it doesn't matter what age they are. They don't need both parents at home wiping their freaking nose. Right. It's, I get really passionate about this because so often, particularly in tiers one and two, you would get so many. And I, I should say mostly in tier one. Uh, but you get so many agents that come up with every excuse and every reason why they can't be successful. Guys, I got news for you. The problem isn't all the stuff that happens around you. The problem is right upstairs. The problem is between your freaking two ears. You're allowing those distractions to cost you money every single day. The thing that is keeping you from having those things that you think you want and those things that you'd like to have, the thing that's keeping you from having those is you. And if you want to change that, you got to get more focused in the hours that you spend. So here's what I want to know, James. When you're prospecting, do you allow distractions, or do you do you shut your door, put a sign up, or somehow make notice to the world that I'm in my prospecting time and I'm not going to step away from that during that time? 100 percent allow distractions. <laughs> I won't allowed. even try to lie. Yeah, I won't even try to lie. It's definitely Appreciate something I've got to work on. You know, it's. Uh, it's so easy to be distracted these days. You've got every, you know, notification on your phone. You've got this, you've got that. And, and, you know, when you're prospecting, 
in the back of your mind, whether you know, it's usually subconsciously, sometimes you want to be distracted, right? Because you're just, it's not, prospecting is not fun. So, so anytime you can find a way to get distracted, uh, usually, you know, it, it happens. But if you want to be successful, you need to figure out a way to eliminate all the stress. So I'll, I'll, I'll chime in on that. It's interesting yeah. that uh, I, I hear this and it, here's the difference between a goal and an activity. And this is something I feel that a lot of people miss. And, and sorry that you, you, you stung on a, a pet peeve of mine. But like I get people who I talk to who are people that I work with, uh, people on my team. And they say, my goal is to make 30 phone calls today. And I look at them and I say, that's not a goal. And they look at me like, well, yeah, it is. I'm going to, I'm going to try and accomplish this. I said, really? So I, I promise you, if there's a million dollars at stake, that there is zero chance that you can't make 30 phone calls today, unless you get physically incapable of dialing the phone. And then even then you might have somebody else hold it up to your ears if there's a million dollars. So an activity is something that you do to get to a goal. And I feel like all too often people, my goal is to call 20 people, 30 people, 50 people. No, that's the activity that you're going to get. Your goal should be to talk to X number of people or your goal should be to set X number of appointments. And here's why, because if my goal is to talk to 30 is to dial the phone 30 times, realistically, I can put, I can pick up a Mojo three line dialer and load 30 people into it and no one will answer. And I start at eight o'clock and I'm done at eight fifteen. Did I accomplish anything in my business that's moving it forward? And here's the other question is the reason that you allow distractions is because it's more painful for you to make phone calls than it is to be distracted. And that's, I mean, it's, it's really, that's absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, my guess is, and I don't, you know, <laughs> sorry for putting you on the spot. My guess is your why isn't big enough. And I don't know that you suffer from what a lot of people do, including me, including Michael at one point in time, our success is stopping us in my belief. And what I mean by that is if I've got somebody who can't eat and I say, look, dial the phone for the next four hours and you'll get to eat today. Not a problem, but you made hundred percent 50 grand last year. It's real easy to go. You know what? I'm doing awesome. It's simple. Who's going to tell me I'm a failure? And, you know, that's okay, by the way. If you want to make 350 grand a year, uh, that's still very impressive. And congratulations. I don't want to discount that in any way, shape, or form. But when you decide that you want to go from 350 to 500 to 700 to a million, then you're going to have to decide which, which of those things is more important for you. And that's true for everybody out there. And Absolutely. it's all mindset, by the way. You know, Michael dogs on me sometimes. Stop talking about mindset all the time because, but you know what? After you learn the scripts, after you know how to talk to somebody, there ain't nothing else left. We're not splitting the atom. So, hundred percent, you know, and and that's why I mentioned earlier, it's a gift and a curse, both in the same. You know, getting a huge commission check is awesome. Uh, getting five is is better, but at some point, you know, you're gonna be uh, become complacent. So, how do you fight that? Right. That that's one of the hardest things that I've I've found personally, and and I think most agents. And most agents, unfortunately, become complacent when they hit, you know, 60 grand a year, unfortunately, you know, so you're 100 percent right. You have to have some reason to keep going higher and higher. Yeah, you know, either why or it's either surrounding yourself with people that are doing more. Right. 
We always say eagles don't flock with turkeys, and uh, if you want to grow, don't join an easy crowd. You won't grow. It, uh, instead, uh, this is a Jim Rohn quote, uh, go where the expectations to perform, the demands are high. Uh, and as I'm looking at this, and as I'm hearing this, you know, it continues to come back to uh, the, the, the fact that, look, We've got to do things differently as real estate agents. If we want to succeed at a higher level, we've got to, you know, and I say we, I'm talking to those folks that don't have a team. I'm talking to those folks, especially that are doing a lot of prospecting all day long. And I'm not saying prospecting is a bad thing. What I'm saying is you've got to analyze who am I calling and why. Um, and, and James, if I might coach you for just a moment. Uh, but Please. one of the things that I would tell you is I would take some of that prospecting time. I'd focus a lot more heavily on my sphere of influence. I would focus a lot more on every single time I had a client event, I would have you calling every single person in your sphere of influence. Uh, and, that, and to me, that includes not only people that know, like, and trust you, but also the people that you've done business with in the past, uh, anybody that you know. Uh, I would make that phone call to them. Uh, way long before uh, I would make a phone call to an expired or a FISBO or anybody like that. And by the way, sphere of influence is just one piece of it. Same thing with internet leads, right? Um, you got to be following up with those people, you know, three times a day for the first three days, three times a week for the next three weeks, three times a month for the next three months, or whatever your schedule is, get more aggressive with follow-up and worry less about new business in terms of new fizzles, new expires, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, that said, uh, I hope that you guys were running out of time here. I hope that this has been valuable for everybody watching. I want you guys to remember at the end of the day, you've got to have a balanced business. Um, James, I'm proud of you for having a balanced business, even though you're, you're being coached by an organization that really kind of focuses on that one thing. You have had the power or the the spot or whatever you want to call it, you figured out that, yeah, okay, that's great, and that's a part of the business, but that's just a part of the business. That's one small piece, and I've got to be doing all this other stuff to really have true success and to have a freaking life. So good on you for doing that. I'm impressed. Brian, anything Thank you, you'd like to share before we wrap up, and then we'll go to James for final thoughts? Yeah, no, just I want to say congratulations. So for two things, first of all, you, you got on this call and two people who you basically don't know, you let, you know, basically dive deep into your business. And and here's the here's the reality. I don't want you doing it to me. So thank you. <laughs> but but seriously, thank you for participating. Thank you for being thank honest. Thank you. Because oh, thank you. my pleasure. Because yeah. so pleasure. many people that I talk to they don't, they're not honest about it. You know, oh, I prospect for three hours a day. Well, one day, about a year and a half ago, I prospected for three hours a day. That doesn't mean I prospect for three hours a day. You know, you admitted that you get interrupted. And here's what I'm saying. You're a human being. We all have some of this stuff. And it, the day that I get perfect is, you know, I'll, I'll let you know I'm not there yet. So, but just congratulations for being coachable. And again, for working your butt off because, you know, there's a million things that we can teach anybody, but at the end of the day, by the way, it all takes work. And, you know, having a team of 25 people like I have, that doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm home watching television. That actually means I'm doing work, but it's just a different set of work. And for me, it's work that I love versus I, I I'm with you. I don't love to pound the phones. That's, that was never, <laughs> my you know that was never my joy but um, so but just thank you and congratulations and uh, I look forward to in the next uh, 12 months seeing, seeing your growth so congratulations where are you out of Brian what I'm in Benville Arkansas the home of Walmart oh wow <laughs> well, we won't be grabbing a, a dinner anytime soon unfortunately Probably not, but hey, you know, hey, we're having an event in November um, in Anaheim, and we'd love to see you there. Yeah, I might come out and check check you guys out. Well.
Let's get together. All right, on. You're actually breaking up a little bit, but James, let's hear your final thoughts. We've got about 30 seconds left, so share your final thoughts of the day. Uh, you know, I know a lot of your clients are, are team-based, you know, but for the ones that, that maybe are a single agent or maybe they have a small team, um, you know, I, I, Brian touched on it a little bit, but if, you, if you're willing to work hard in this business, you're going to be rewarded. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not rocket science to make money in this business now yet. You're 100% correct. When you want to get to 500, 600, a million, you know, then you're going to have to start scaling, as, as you had said. But, you know, if, if you're just to make a, a great living, it doesn't it doesn't take much, just hard common sense. So if, if you have, you know, your audience is willing to do that, uh, they're going to go a long way. And, and you know, uh, we, we didn't really get a chance to touch on it. I think um, building a brand, I talked to your, your assistant or someone uh, about this a little bit, Mike, and she said that she's been hitting you over the head trying to get to build it. But I think social media, specifically Instagram, in the next uh, three to five years is going to be huge for this business. And it's, it's you know, I'm already getting probably 10, 10 uh, deals a year, which is not huge, but it's free business through through Instagram and uh, as specifically Instagram. So it's something I, I would encourage people to grow, grow, grow on the side. Don't concentrate a bunch of time on it, but there's definitely a way to grow it the right way. And uh, yeah, work hard, brand yourself and, and you'll be fine. Right on. Love it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Michael Hellickson again with Club Wealth TV, Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting. Thanking you for being with us today. And uh, don't forget to uh, comment in the thread here. And I'll definitely be answering your questions later, uh, as will Brian and hopefully James as well. So have an awesome day, everybody. James, thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you. You bet. Have a great day, everybody. You too. Thank you, everybody.